Talk of the Town with topics that matter. Here's Lisa Kay. We're with Mankato Clinic on Talk of the Town today. My name is Lisa Kay, back in the KTOE studio, and thank you for joining me and our conversation today with our friends from Mankato Clinic. I love to pick the brains and learn all about things that are going on at Mankato Clinic, and today we have Dr. Anna Steffen with us, and Dr. Steffen is a psychiatrist with Mankato Clinic. How are you doing, Dr. Steffen? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me. Well, let's talk a little bit about where you are, first of all, because uh, you're working Mankato Clinic, but you're actually uh, specializing in telehealth, which we're going to talk about today, and psychiatry. Um, But where are you located? So um, it's a little bit odd, but um, currently I'm living in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Um, I do have roots in Mankato, though. Uh, My husband is, you know, born and raised in Mankato, and my uh, father-in-law, Jay Steffen, was an anesthesiologist in Mankato. Uh, I actually lived there for about six months after graduating college, so I'm familiar with the area. Um, and I had gone, you know, to undergrad in medical school at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities. Uh, I ended up going to North Carolina at UNC Chapel Hill for my psychiatry residency. Uh, my parents uh, live there now, and so. Um, my husband and I are gearing up to move back to Minnesota um, probably early summer of next year. So while I was while I was in North Carolina, um, you know, I I thought the clinic was wonderful. I had some connections there, and it sounded like a really good fit. And I didn't really want to wait. Um, and since I've had my young children, I've been doing telepsychiatry, working from home. And that's been, you know, obviously very useful for me being home, but it seemed like it made it a lot easier for patients to make their appointments, um, people with young kids, people with busy jobs. And so that format really, you know, worked well. And I ended up, you know, discussing it with Mankato Clinic, and they thought that would be a good way to, you know, provide more access to patients. So that's sort of how it came to be. All right. Well, it's really interesting because I know, like post COVID, there's so many people working from home, and telehealth is such a, a viable option for all of those reasons that you said. Can we rewind like way back to when uh, Anna was a little girl, and how did you get interested in the world of psychiatry, and how did yeah. you how did you decide that this yeah. is what you wanted to pursue? Um, well, I haven't thought about this in a while, but um, when I was when I was young, um, I learned about this thing called synesthesia, um, which is kind of more popular in like pop psychology these days. Um, and it's a, it's a condition. I say condition like it's a problem. It's not. Um, <laughs> where there's kind of some overlap between your senses. And so people with synesthesia will have, they might um, see, see things when they're hearing music. You might associate or even see colors associated with uh, letters or words. Um, and I actually had some synesthesia and ended up learning more about it. And I remember telling my dad, man, it would be cool to have a job where I could learn about this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and, you know, that led to me <laughs> realizing that neuroscience is an actual thing and that people, you know, uh, make careers out of that. Um, so, you know, I, I recall in high school saying, like, I want to be a psychiatrist or a neurologist, but I didn't really understand what that meant, um, until I got older. Um, 
I ended up going to the University of Minnesota uh, because they did have a good neuroscience program and uh, was thinking of pursuing a PhD in neuroscience and doing research. And, you know, as fate would have it, I ended up working at um, through the Department of Psychiatry and Psychology working with um, research subjects who had schizophrenia and that ended up getting me interested in psychiatry, different psychiatric disorders, and I realized I wanted to be working with people rather than working with numbers and data. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I had to make the difficult decision of, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue medical school. Got to get get my ducks in a row. <laughs> um, but you know that's what I did, and I I am so glad that I ended up pursuing psychiatry because it has been, it is the perfect career for me. Oh, um, I love that you it. just took that and just went with it, um, especially, I, and I've always, I had always wondered if people went into the field of psychology or psychiatry because they are looking to learn something about themselves too. Definitely. I think, you know, anybody taking psychology courses, um, you know, it, at any level, it's really enlightening about, oh, this is why my brain does that. This mm-hmm. is why I tend to do this. And I think sometimes the more the more you start learning about it, the more you realize there's a ton of stuff that you could learn about. Um, sorry, my dog is scratching at the door. <laughs> That's one okay. Of the, one of the issues. See, when you work, when you work from home, and I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I've met a lot of my patients, cats and dogs, and they've at least gotten to hear mine on occasion when they're misbehaving. Oh. <laughs> it's all real world. Can you describe for me what the difference between, for my listeners, psychology and psychiatry is, and how did you make that distinction, which way you wanted to go? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a common question, and um, the distinction can be kind of hard to explain. Um, you know, it really comes down to, to training. So a psychiatrist is a medical doctor. First and foremost, they go to medical school, for four years, they learn, you know, all about the human body, um, and then they do residency. Psychiatry residency is four years um, working in a hospital clinic setting uh, and learning all about, you know, caring for people with mental health issues and also the psychopharmacology, the medications that can be useful in treating those disorders. Um, psychologists, you know, they have a very, uh, that's a very umbrella term. We have, you know, clinical psychologists who work with patients uh, generally doing therapy, doing psychotherapy. There are psychologists who do research um, throughout a lot of different fields, not necessarily just in um, mental health problems. Uh, Psychiatrists are trained in psychotherapy Oftentimes not to the extent that, you know, a clinical psychologist would be. Um, And so I'm going to put a a plug for my psychologists out there. Um, I sometimes have patients who are wanting therapy rather than just, you know, more medication management. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, well, I wanted a psychiatrist. I wanted a real doctor. And I'll say, well, if that's what you want, you need to go talk to the psychology (laughs) department and talk to you know, the licensed clinical social workers, because they actually have more training and experience in that than I do. Um, So that's, uh, I think that's where, uh, you know, the divide comes. Oftentimes people will just say, oh, it's medicine. Um, And that's true, but, you know, I'd say psychiatrists more commonly are the ones who are going to be on the front lines of 
more severe psychiatric disorders, things like, you know, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, um, you know, dementia, things that can often cause, you know, behavioral disturbance, unsafe behaviors. And so, um, you know, it's not true for all psychiatrists, but all psychiatrists are trained in how to deal with those kind of more severe psychiatric disorders. All right. And so we are joined on the phone today by Dr. Anna Steffen, who is a psychiatrist with Mankato Clinic working in telehealth. Uh, I know that we've had so much um, in the news uh, that we, since COVID, especially, I think it's it's a great thing. The one benefit that's come out of it is the need for mental health care um, that we have. And telehealth really kind of opens things up. Um, do you find yourself, uh, is, is it is it more of an easy connection with people working telehealth-wise? I mean, you talked about the fact that maybe the access to you is greater. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it depends on on the patient. Um, One thing we do is, you know, before a patient will see me, we let them know, hey, I'm, you know, primarily doing telepsychiatry. I do have some patients who are like, yeah, I really want to be in person. Um, But, you know, the vast majority of people are, happy to not have to take such a huge chunk out of their lives to get the care they need. And um, I think there is something to be said for mutual comfort. I'm comfortable in my chair. I'm not cold. I'm not stressed. I'm not hungry. And neither is the patient because they're most of the time at their house. Sometimes they're in their car. And I do think, you know, most people find that to be an easier environment to open up in. Um, and, you know, I think if we could eliminate all of the technological glitches, I think it would be a very perfect format. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest struggle we have is, you know, a patient who's in a rural area and they don't have great reception. And mm. sometimes, you know, the audio gets a little um, jumbly. So I think, you know, the technology is is very good, but it definitely needs to be more perfected. I think that's the only big issue that that I've run into with the telepsychiatry. Can you talk a little bit about what you like to specialize in? Is there a certain area that uh, really speaks to you? Yeah, um, I have, I'd say I have a lot of loves as far as psychiatry goes. Um, I think my first love was uh, psychosis and working with patients with schizophrenia, more severe bipolar disorders, um, and in particular working with patients and their families when the patient's, you know, first receiving a diagnosis like that. They've had a first episode of psychosis or mania, and they and their families are kind of, you know, in shock about what just happened, where do we go from here, what does this diagnosis look like? And um you know, what I've seen working in the emergency room setting, inpatient setting, and now outpatient is that oftentimes there's not a lot of time set aside to really discuss the diagnosis, discuss, you know, what the prognosis is, what does this person's life look like from here? Um, and that's something I love to do, um, probably because, you know, I, I feel like it's needed. Um, I feel like patients and their families need more information on you know, what what these diagnoses mean for the patient. Um, and so that's always something that I'm very happy um, to see on my schedule, a patient who, you know, has a new diagnosis of, of one of these more severe mental illnesses 
and helping them, you know, come up with a plan that will suit them, make sure that they're happy with their medications, how they're feeling, and also making sure that, you know, we have the community support set up for them, making sure they have the family support um, because it really makes a huge difference in, in how a patient will do over time. Um, it's kind of setting them up for success. So that's definitely one of my, one of my favorite things to do. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, is very different, I realize. Um, uh, I like working with, with women struggling with uh, mood, disorders, mood disorders um, and kind of navigating their mental health care in the perinatal period, thinking about getting pregnant, dealing with mood issues that come up with their menstrual cycle, women who are kind of entering that perimenopausal period where they're a lot more vulnerable, a lot more susceptible to having some worsening psychiatric symptoms. Um, I think that, you know, one, any mom who's having young children is going to be dealing with a huge amount of stress. I have two young children myself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, from that perspective, I think, you know, I... I can kind of get on the level with a lot of these moms. Sure, like um, I can imagine you would have working. empathy with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, you know, letting them know they're not alone, it lets me know I'm not alone in my stresses with having young children. Um, but I also have seen, you know, the damage that can be done when, you know, women become pregnant and they're essentially told, you know, stop all your medicines, it's bad for the baby. Um UNC Chapel Hill is um, a, a unique location to have done my residency because they um, focus very heavily on perinatal mental health. They do a lot of research. They have um, a women's mood disorder clinic. They have an inpatient unit just for new mothers mm. or pregnant women who are struggling with their mental health um, and ensure that moms can, you know, visiting their baby even if they're in the hospital. So I came from a world where that was heavily emphasized. And since moving on from residency and, you know, especially working in an emergency department, I saw so many women who were coming in either during their pregnancy or after giving birth with serious mental health issues who had just been told to stop their medicine sure. or had stopped them on their own thinking, this is the best thing for my baby. And so one thing that, that we're always taught is, you know, there is no such thing as a non-exposure. If you are someone who's prone to depression, anxiety, or other mental illnesses, you know, your fetus and your baby are going to be exposed to that as well. Mm. And so a lot of women take this approach of, you know, I'm the vessel, I'm going to do everything within my power to make sure that my fetus, my baby is safe. And that's a wonderful idea it's a wonderful thing to pursue but you know weighing the risks of being on medications that you might need versus the risk of going off those medications is important and there is research and data about it so one thing i really like is doing you know preconception uh consultations with women and being like okay you're on this medicine you're doing well you know What's your history look like? What, what might it look like if, you know, you go off these medications? And also, what does the data say about, you know, the safety of these medications? What does it actually say? And letting women, you know, make their decisions um, without 
you know, with that knowledge in hand and mm-hmm. having somebody say, hey, it's okay to stay on this medicine. Right. You right. know, like it, like giving them permission to be like, it, it is very necessary to take care of your mental health and it can have disastrous consequences if you don't. So um, that's kind of been my pet, my pet project uh, coming into Mankato is um, trying to build up and drum up um, you know, word of it so that if women do have questions, if they, you know, even if they just want to kick around the idea of coming off meds or going on meds, um, that I'm here to talk to them and also, you know, try and provide them with the best up-to-date care that we have available. It does sound like a whole person care uh, perspective for you as as far as, you know, maybe you have this condition, um, but you can still have a healthy pregnancy. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think we, we think about the baby inside the body, you know, but once that baby's born, mm-hmm. if mom is extremely anxious, if mom is depressed, that affects the baby too. And, you know, uh, reminding women like, like you're, you know, you're a key player here. Like right. your mental health is really important for the success of your pregnancy and for your baby thriving. Um, and, you know, a mantra we often say at UNC is, um, happy mommy, happy baby. Oh, so yeah. If we're doing what we can to take care of mom, you know, the rest should follow. And to be able to have that in a telehealth uh, arena is extremely helpful. I can see um, how that would be uh, something that Mankato Clinic would want to continue. Is is your job, um, well, how am I going to ask this? If somebody needs to see you, how do we know when it's time? When, when is it time to, to come and visit you? You talk yeah, about those first I think, episodes. I think, you know, the best, uh, I think when the idea first crosses your mind, that's when you should call. Um, and I think that very often people, they don't want to admit that they're struggling. They don't want someone to diagnose them and label them or just pump them full of medication. And that's totally fair. Um, I think that, you know, oftentimes what happens is patients will wait until they're very desperate, they're on the edge, and finally they reach out. And sometimes it can take a bit to, to get an appointment. And so, you know, I would way rather see a patient, you know, and they're like, oh, I called two weeks ago and I'm actually feeling a lot better now. I would way rather see that patient and be like, that's great. You know, if you need me, I'm here than have a patient who waited so long and they're struggling and the rest of their life feels like it's falling apart. Um, you know, I think being proactive about about that is is really important. Certainly, there are going to be a lot of people who, who don't right. because, you know, by nature, if you're anxious or you're depressed, you're not going to be super motivated to make <laughs> the call. Um, and that's, you know, that's a barrier to care. And that's, you know, one of the reasons telepsychiatry can be a less daunting um, option for them. Because I don't have to leave. I don't have to go be around people. I don't have to leave my house if I'm feeling panicky about leaving my house. I don't have to find childcare. Like, there are a million reasons why the, the telepsychiatry can be more convenient. Um, for a lot of different people. So, Dr. Stefan, do we need to be with our primary care provider before utilizing the telehealth uh, psychiatric department, or how does that work? No, you do not. Um, certainly a lot of, you know, a lot of our patients are referred by um, providers within the Mankato Clinic, but you can, you can self-refer um, and 
call the clinic and ask to be seen and, you know, get on my schedule or one of the other wonderful providers we have. So there, there isn't that hurdle of having to set up, you know, a primary appointment. I have a lot of patients who are like, I'm in between primary care doctors. I don't, you know, I don't have that together. Um, and that can be, you know, it just removes one of those barriers to, to getting in and getting help. What is a good number that we could reach you at, or is there a website we should go to? Yeah, so um, the our clinic psychiatry number is 507-387-3195. And um, what I do when I'm looking up numbers is I Google Mankato Clinic Psychiatry. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, you know, it will appear... I can pull up your the website here. Um, looks like if you just go to MankatoClinic.com, um, there is a link for all of the different specialties and services, and you can find the psychiatry department and um, you know find the information you need to get started there. Here's the good news. I'm going to put that underneath this link in the show notes at the end of the interview, KTOE.com. If you're listening to it on the replay, that's where you can find it as well. Dr. Anna Steffen, telehealth psychiatrist with Mankato Clinic. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for everything that you're doing for the community, even from afar. And, and we'll wait to see you back here in Minnesota. Excellent. Thanks for having me.